It's officially 2022 and I am so excited because I believe that this year we will break ground. Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. I believe that this year is going to be the year that we make seismic moves, that we can finally put the issue of child sexual abuse at the forefront and that we can finally do something that makes such an impact that the world has no choice but to finally open their eyes and confront this issue to resolve it. I know that there is so much fear around this topic, so much hesitation to discuss it. It's an ugly topic and there's no getting around that. But our silence as a society, as a global society, has to stop. We have to confront this once and for all because our silence is our complicity. Our silence is what is harming children. This problem is growing at a magnitude that people refuse to admit to. The articles in the media are not showcasing enough of this problem. You see the blips of information that come out and we shake our heads with disgust that, oh my goodness, this is still happening. This is a growing issue. But not every person is taking action. They think it's someone else's problem and someone else is dealing with it and someone else is doing something about it. And so I don't have to. But that way of thinking must end in 2022. I have hope though, and I am optimistic. And despite these sobering statistics that I'm about to share with you, I believe so wholeheartedly that we can make a difference like never before in history. But it will take all of us getting brave. And I will talk about how we can do that. I hope that this inspires you and keeps you motivated and determined because that is what we need to truly protect our children, your children, everyone's children globally. Because that is really how we are actually going to dismantle rape culture. If it's affecting someone else in the world, it can show up on your doorstep one day. So we cannot do this work in isolation. I do want you to know and understand the gravity of this issue though. And I hope that you will send this episode to others so that they can also understand. I want to start by reading directly from the We Protect Global Alliance's 2021 Global Threat Assessment Report. I'm linking the report 
and also so you can learn more about the We Protect Global Alliance in the show notes so that you can review it further if you choose. But they write, COVID-19 has had an unprecedented impact. The online world has become even more central to children's lives. To protect children from sexual exploitation and abuse online, we must first understand the problem we are facing. And to do that, we must listen to governments, to the private sector, to civil society, and most importantly, to victims and survivors of abuse. For the first time, we have surveyed thousands of young adults globally on their experience of online sexual harms. We share exclusive findings from the technology industry about their response to this crime. We have gathered intelligence from online safety companies on emerging trends. All this, combined with an unprecedented response from our members, has made this our most comprehensive assessment yet. Now, they find three key insights from their findings, and and this is what they are. First, it's that the scale of child sexual exploitation and abuse online is increasing. This sustained growth is outstripping their global capacity to respond. Child sexual abuse remains a chronically underfunded issue. Second, is that prevention needs to be prioritized in our response. Too often, we are waiting for the abuse to take place before we act. A strong law enforcement and judicial response is essential, but for a truly sustainable strategy, we should be actively preventing abuse. This is about more than promoting children's online safety. It is about more than safety by design and other initiatives that make it harder for offenders to exploit online services. It is more than deterrence of potential offenders. Prevention is all of this and more. We need to ensure that we are creating safe online environments where children can thrive. Promising work is already underway, but it needs more support. Now, key insight number three is that there is hope, and this is what I started with. Over the past decade, child sexual exploitation and abuse online has moved up the global agenda. Thank goodness for that. More countries and companies and civil society organizations are involved in tackling this crime. Online safety technology is more accessible and advanced. Governments are clarifying and enforcing their responsibilities of online service providers in preventing and addressing child sexual abuse on their platforms. The pace of change may be slower than we would like, but it is happening. Now they go on to say that as uh, our role as an alliance is to nurture these green shoots and to help them grow, which is definitely something that uh, is, is incredible to hear And uh, I will be talking more about my connection to the We Protect Global Alliance um, in future podcasts. I'm very excited to share um, some developments of my involvement with an organization called SAGE. Uh, So keep that in mind and in your back pocket. You'll be hearing more about that soon. But it's very exciting to be participating on this kind of level with an organization like this. Now, here in Canada, however, in July of 2021, the Canadian Centre for Child Protection called attention to the alarming increase in the online victimization of children 
reflected in their release of, of Statistic Canada's police reported crime data. The 2020 statistics, which include the first nine months of the COVID-19 pandemic, paints a disturbing picture of trends in violence against children, notably compared to the previous five-year average. It is quite an increase, and I won't get into those statistics here, um, but trust me when I say it is uh, the highest that it's been even compared to that five-year average, so that's not anything to dismiss. Offline, however, there is some hope worldwide. For example, in a recent December article in New Zealand's News Hub, they reported the findings from a recent study showing that one in three girls are sexually abused before the age of 16. Now, obviously, that's not what I'm talking about in terms of hope. What I am saying, though, and I'm really thankful for uh, this turn of events, is that the government in December launched its plan to tackle what it's calling two of New Zealand's biggest shames, family and sexual violence. Police, for example, respond to family to a family harm incident every four minutes. The plan says that it will take a generation to turn these statistics around. And the plan that I'm talking about here is that Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced the government's first ever national strategy to eliminate family and sexual violence. The first ever. We're in 2022, and this is the first ever national strategy. Now, wherever you're listening to from in whatever part of the world you're tuning in, what is your government doing? And if you are the type that wants to take action on that level, I encourage you to dig into your particular country's data and strategy and find out what are they doing and if they're not doing anything what can they be doing what can they be doing on a local level and that can have ripple effects so please know that you have the power to use your voice speak up and demand more from your government now in the u.s for example uh this is something that i felt very strongly about when i when i read this Epidemiologist Caitlin Jettelina reported information from the Journal of Pediatrics, which published a sobering study assessing the impact of adult COVID-19 deaths on kids. For example, there were 140,000 children that were left without a caregiver. Orphaned and caregiver loss can result in profound long-term impacts on health and quality of life. It's even considered an adverse childhood experience, which is also known as ACE, which is an entire field of inquiry where scientists investigate how exposure to negative events in childhood impacts development and well-being decades later. Previous research has shown that loss of a primary or secondary caregiver can impact kids in many ways. So, for example, the loss of a parent can impact a child's mental health problems, uh, less schooling, lower self-esteem, sexual risk behaviors, and risks of suicide, violence, sexual abuse, and exploitation, just to name a few. And it's for this reason that I believe all youth-serving organizations and uh, places of education should be practicing abuse prevention policies and educate the children in their care about body safety and how to report. Because the truth is that not all homes are safe and not all parents are safe. And not all parents teach this information primarily out of ignorance to the magnitude of the issue. 
Now, as we shift into 2022 with Omicron in the news, in the headlines, there are two things that I want you to know. I feel it's critical for parents at this moment in time to focus on our self-care and mental health sustainability. I do not want to worry that I'm going to die and make my child an orphan in any capacity. And I could choose to focus on that fear after reading those statistics and let it consume me. Or I can be proactive and find a solution that helps support my child and me. So here's what I propose to you for 2022 so that we can work together as a community, as a global community of safe and caring caregivers. Let's make sure that we prioritize our health to keep our immune systems as primed as possible, focus on how we can take better care of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual selves so that we can show up for ourselves and our kids in the most empowered way. The second is to prioritize prevention, much like, you know, the We Prevent, uh, We Protect uh, Global Alliance had mentioned. And for this, I want to remind you about my 50-50 rule. That rule is that 50% of our focus on abuse prevention should be on educating our children. And the other 50% should be on educating the adults that are engaging and caring for our children. So that would include uh, beyond just caregivers and family members, teachers, coaches, youth serving um, organizations, daycares, uh, you know, doctors, anyone who is engaging and interacting with our children on a regular basis, they should be getting educated about this. And that includes family members, relatives, Our co-parent, right, whoever we're parenting with should be getting this information for various reasons. And if you follow my work and you've read my material, you know that one part of that education is to truly like let people know what is going on. What is the magnitude of this issue? Why are we prioritizing this prevention education with our children and with them? But the other part of that is to give it kind of a warning signal, right? To really say, hey, if you happen to be a potential predator, now we're not going to say this to the person, but it comes off as a warning signal. If that person that you are giving this information to is a potential predator, potential offender, well, they're going to see this as a hands-off, cross this child off my list, kind of red flag because they do not want to mess with a child who is being educated, who is informed, who whose parents are being proactive and vigilant, right? They're going to say this child is not worth it because they are too difficult of a target. And just as a reminder, offenders are always looking for the easiest target. So if you can take this small measure of talking to the people in your community about, number one, this problem, the fact that this is an increasing global problem, two, what you are actively doing about it, right, so that they can get this information and understand how to also practice it with your child. And then three, to get the buy-in so that they can start to also spread that information, right? Let's create those ripple effects that 
uh, help this information become viral, become aware. You know, people need to know so that they can spread the awareness too. If we are not being brave and taking that step to talk about this issue openly and honestly, whether you are a survivor or a supporter of a survivor or an advocate, an ally, an accomplice, you have the power to create impact by talking about this, by sparking the conversation, by inviting others to be part of the conversation. This is how we can make a difference. Everybody's contribution to this conversation is what's going to create those ripples. It's what's going to create that awareness. And it's what's going to help protect your child. And now, of course, I am definitely an advocate for educating your child. But it is not your child's responsibility to prevent abuse. It is ours. It is yours as a parent, as a caregiver, as someone who has a child in their life. If you are not a parent, but you have a niece, a nephew, uh, a nibbling, anyone who is a child in your life, you can be a safe adult for them. You can talk to your family member and say, I want to step up and be a safe person in your child's life. How can we talk about creating that? Here's some resources. Here's some information to help you get started. I'm here to help you do that. I want to be a lifeline for your child in the event that they happen to come across an unsafe situation. And for whatever reason, they can't come to you, they can come to me. That's an important thing that we can be doing if we don't have our own children. If you are a parent, however, let's remember this 50-50 rule. This is how we can reclaim our power. This is how we can dismantle the fear. This is how we can create consent culture. This is how we can dismantle rape culture. This is how we can help prevent the next wave of me too and isn't that worth having the conversation for so friends i am here to say that 2022 is full of hope and promise but we cannot just be hopeful we have to take action And so what I invite you to do is to share this episode so people can hear about the scope of what's happening. And by the way, I mentioned very few statistics because I didn't want to overwhelm you and inundate you with a bunch of numbers. But the truth is that this is happening in every part of the world, in every continent, and in every corner of every neighborhood. It doesn't matter what gender, race, social class, culture, it is happening everywhere. So do not fool yourself into thinking that this is happening in someone else's backyard and not yours because you would be remiss. You would be wrong. Now, as I mentioned, for me, there is so much hope because I am part of an organization that I will be sharing more about soon called SAGE. It is an organization comprised of survivors, 
15 to be exact, and I am one of those members. I am one of those 15, and I am so proud to be amongst giants who have paved the way and are doing incredible work in the world. And we are just getting warmed up. There is so much more to come, and I cannot wait to share more about it with you um, as the developments uh, happen this year. We are embarking on this incredible movement that I will be sharing more about, and I invite you to join. So please share this episode out, get the conversation started, tag me on Instagram if you share this in your stories, and let me know what are you going to do? Who are you going to have the conversation with first? What is that first step you're going to take? Which of the 50-50 rule Will you put into practice? Will you start with teaching your children? Will you start with talking to the people in your child's life? Will you do both simultaneously? Will you prioritize your healing? Will you prioritize your mental health, your physical health, your emotional and spiritual health? Stake a claim. Make your statement. Take action. We do not have to live in fear We do not have to let this continue. We can make the difference. We can be the generation that finally steps up, gets brave, talks about it, brings light to the darkness, and protects the children of our future. I can't wait to continue sharing with you all that is being done And I can't wait for you to share with me all that you are doing. We can do this together. You got this. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.